I think we tend to, to think that we have to go abroad to the global south to really make a difference and help. But, um, and, and yes, yes, I, I think there are many challenges to face and too much, too much work to do there, but there are many challenges also here. And they are just different, but uh, this doesn't mean that they don't exist. everyone uh, it's John Paolo here and I collaborate with the Rethinking Climate which is an, a youth-led association uh, involved uh, in the fight against climate change and more specifically on the way this delicate issue is uh, discussed. Today uh, we have the pleasure to have with us Lucia. Hi Lucia. Hi thank you so much for inviting me to this interview I'm very happy to participate in the in this project thank you it's a pleasure for us Shia is a project support officer for feed which is a national organization that promotes the protection of human rights monitor and report their violation uh, create greater awareness in public opinion and exert influence on the states so that they comply with their own commitments and obligations on human rights. Uh, so, Lucia, uh, upon this premise, um, would you please elaborate more on what, according to you, makes uh, FIDO different from uh, other organizations uh, which are uh, uh, working on human rights issues? I think that an, an added value is, uh, is for sure that, as the name indicates, um, the Italian Federation for Human Rights is a federation. So this means that it's formed by local committees, by federation associations and partners that do an extremely important job in, uh, in the field. Um, this means that they write, for example, reports giving voice to to people that because um, of a particular situation of their country, uh, their country let's say, for example, um, an authoritarian uh, regime, they don't, or better, they have, but they can't um, <clears throat> have voice. FIDU give, give them that voice. And also, FIDU works for both victims, defense, and, uh, and justice. So, uh, it fights to make sure that those who commit violations do not go unpunished. And I think this is, uh, is extremely in, important. Um, therefore, I think that the methodology that they have, their action and presence in certain areas, uh, thanks to solid partners, as I said, in the field, and their respect for human rights, but also the, pro the promotion for new and better tools, also to share a message um, to all of us are the strengths of the, the Federation. To campaign the abolition of slavery, um, which is still practiced unfortunately in various parts of the world, and in particular in some regions of Mauritania, FIDU produced a documentary film directed by Marco Piantoni called L'Asino Che Vola, um, which in English is The Flying Donkey. 
Um, briefly, the docu-film starts with the history of the country, shows the struggles of a non-violent uh, violent movement against slavery led by Biramda Abeid. And this docu-film has been screened in, um, in many cities in Italy, amongst them in my hometown, in Terni, where we have seen the participation of a lot of people. For example, in my town, there was the presence of more than 150 people. So as you can see, this tool, for example, as many others that the FIDU, uh, that FIDU has, reach out the public and is a very good instrument to raise awareness about important topics like the, the slavery in this case. Thank you for this overview. It's very, very interesting, the work uh, you do all together. And it's very important and compelling as well, of course. Uh, we know that uh, you are specifically working uh, on a project, which is the communication youth engagement for communicating the European Union. Could you tell us uh, a bit more about this project from your uh, personal perspective? What are your experiences on it? Yes, sure. I will start saying that in the last few years, we have witnessed, we all have witnessed, how this information in and outside the European Union became a very important issue with defined consequences. For example, national populism and polarization of opinions. And we have seen how fake news, especially in this, with the vaccination campaigns uh, against COVID, for example, fake news and disinformation spread quickly, undermining our confidence uh, in the very concepts of truths, facts, and, and reality. So the project communication, which is, uh, is funded by the Europe for Citizens program uh, of the European Union, um, is implemented by a consortium, a consortium composed of uh, seven civil society organizations uh, across Europe. So there is FIDU in Italy and its partners in uh, Belgium, in uh, Bulgaria, in Greece, in Ireland, and uh, in, in Portugal and France. The projects, aims at counter, uh, countering uh, euroscepticism through the construction of uh, um, a new strategy of communication able to respond to the needs of the European community, as well as to promote a deeper understanding of the European Union, specifically its values and the benefits, in order, in order also to encourage citizens to increase their engagement with, as, uh, as European uh, citizens and to tackle this information. And this is useful to, for all, us, uh, all of us. So the project started with a survey that was recently conducted with the aim to get a better and broader understanding of the disinformation phenomenon of the EU and to better respond to the actual needs of the European citizens. So we had around 1,000 respondents, of which almost 300 of them were Italians. So the results were very interesting, and at least for what concerns Italy shows that, for example, one of the data uh, is that 73% of respondents voted in the last parliamentary elections, but less than 10% of them know sufficiently the current European agenda priorities. Um, so this is just an example of the contradiction that has been shown with this survey and the gaps that there are among, among uh, amongst us. But if you check our webpage, you can find the report with all the data results and it's very interesting to see. So upon 
such uh, analysis of the results uh, in order to fill the information gaps that we have we have found and to facilitate civil and democratic um, participation in European policy making. We are delivering right now local trainings. Um, actually, our partners in Greece and France are already delivering their trainings and they were very successful according to the participants. And on January, just around the corner, uh, we will deliver our local training in, in Rome at the Federation head office um, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So we will discuss the policy and mechanism of the European Union to fight this information specifically. Um, and yeah, in the event, we will, will be divided into se two sessions, a theoretical one and a more interactive one, uh, which will be useful for the next step of the project that I'm going to talk uh, about. Also, for, the, for, the, for our local training, I would like to say that uh, the call uh, for expression of interest is open in our website. So, uh, if there is someone interesting to apply, can uh, can be done until the second of of January. Such trainings are preparatory, as I was saying before, to the final phase of the project, um, which are two creative labs where young creative uh, professionals selected on voluntary basis are asked to shape ideas developed during the second session of the training. So the interactive one. Um, into new ways of communicating uh, Europe. Finally, uh, we arrived to the last part of the project. The, the final media output will be presented in the last final event that will take place in Brussels and then distributed through all available channels um, for a considerable multiplier effect in order to be used from anyone at every level um, to communicate Europe effectively. It sounds a very meaningful project, meaning that it yes. covers a lot of uh, fields and it's very interesting. And so I would like to ask you now, uh, throughout this uh, work on uh, such a project, um, what are the main difficulties uh, that you came across? on one end, and on the other end, what are the pleasant surprises, the positive things that you didn't expect uh, to find, but uh, eventually you did? Okay, thank you. It's a very interesting questions, actually. I guess that probably coordinating uh, partners from several countries for on-site events, because we have to do on-site events right now in, in a pandemic, the most difficult thing. In general, coordinating and maintaining relations with several partners is not easy uh, because there are there can be, for example, misunderstanding, delays in the replies, and any type of inconvenience that it's is out of control, right? So basically, with the pandemic, this problem increased, um, mostly because uh, containment measures. Uh, are applied differently, so differently in countries. I mean, so you have to be able to adapt the changing situation and have always backup plans to make the project running smoothly and respect deadlines. For example, the trainings have to be on site, but for example, uh, some of the countries we're working with, uh, they have already containment measures, so we have to do mixed mode or online sessions. So the interactive part is the most difficult one. 
to do it by Zoom, WebEx, or any of these tools. The positive things, um, I would say, and I had no doubt about it, but uh, you know, never know, um, are that we have a wonderful relation with the partners. And we are all very motivated on this project. Um, they are all young, creative people, and there is a constant exchange of uh, ideas, um, advices, best practices, which are very, very useful for, um, for the project. And this helps to run a project properly. I, I guess this is the, is the nice surprise, it's the positive one. From a very personal uh, viewpoint, what were uh, in the very beginning of your career uh, the motivation that pushed you uh, to embark on this experience? Okay, um, I will try to be exhaustive <laughs> with this answer. Um, because I guess my motivation um, brings me back to 10 years ago, so it's a very long time. Let's say that I'm passionate about humanitarian work and I've built my career in the study of protection of human rights, mostly with families in refugee protected forced displacement contexts of Europe and Middle East. So I have run away from Italy 10 years ago, as I was saying before, when I was 18 and I've always been in, in the field between Kenya, Malta, Jordan and Spain for my studies. So when I came back here from Jordan uh, was due to the outspread uh, COVID and I decided to dedicate my time and interest also to topics related to my country because we, I think we tend to to think that we have to go abroad to the global south to really make a difference and help. But, uh, and, and yes, yes, I, I think there are many challenges to face and too much, too much work to do there, but there are many challenges also here. And they are just different, but uh, this doesn't mean that they don't exist. At the same time, I have um, always wanted to, to see how advocacy uh, works and I, as I said before, I think FIDO in this sense um, has a strong methodology, effective action and presence and it raised me and it raised my interest to, to volunteer with them and to support them uh, with these projects that I really like and I'm, I'm happy about it. Um, yeah, so I think this is my, my motivation. Thanks a lot. You, you sound very motivated and we all appreciate uh, your work and Fido's work uh, in general. Again, it's, it's very interesting and compelling what uh, you all do. So thank you very much, Lucia. Thank you. Thank you. I thank the audience. Follow us uh, on uh, social media, put like on uh, YouTube and uh, see you. Bye. Bye, thank you so much.